and welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. Here on the Writer's Corner live show, we connect authors from around the world to each other and to their readers. On the show, you will meet both seasoned as well as new and aspiring authors from around the globe. And our featured author for this week is Emlyn Brown. His book is entitled The Mystery Runs Deep and was a quest to uncover one of the greatest naval mysteries involving the Waratah. So don't go away. We will be right back. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brigetti Limbanda. I'm a live video camera confidence coach. I host and produce live video shows that helps brands, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and of course, authors share their stories. I am also a responsible social media advocate. And on this show, we bring you the backstories of authors and inspiring authors. And my co-host is none other than the amazing Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She's the award-winning uh, author of the children's Poolicious book series. She's working on another book, which you see behind her. It's well, about to be released soon. Well, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know the camera is like backwards, you know, like your reflection. So you're like, you think you're going to the right side or the left side, but you're really, you know, it's really funny. So anyways, but um, yes, I just picked it up this morning. It's um, the cover of the new book and it's called Poolicious, Oh, the Wonder of Me. And I'm so excited. January 28th, we're going to do our launch on Facebook. So, um, you know, I'll be giving more details as we come closer. And I'm so excited. And it's like ages four to seven. And it's, you know, it's it's all about the silliness and quirkiness of kids and helping them to know that they're okay, that that's okay, that, you know, I have one ear bigger than the other. And, you know, maybe my teeth don't line up and my eyebrows are crazy. My hair doesn't do what I want it to, you know. It just, and it's all okay. That's all okay. Yeah. You know, you, you any any shape, form that a child is in is okay. And they really do have to start young learning to be okay with who they are and where they are, whether they have abilities, disabilities, it doesn't matter. They, they have to accept who they are in whatever shape or form that they're in. And that's important because that really feeds into their self-confidence as they grow and become, you know, young, uh, older kids and teenagers and adults. And, you know, they have power within them. Absolutely. And so our, our guest for today is Emlyn Brown. Mm -hmm. After more than a century, the disappearance of the steamship Waratah remained the greatest sea mystery of modern times. And apart from the period immediately following its disappearance, little effort was expended in finding its final resting place. Very, very strange story. And add to that the fact that it disappeared in a storm of frightening proportions. And um, it may have seemed like a hopeless task even going out of it. And so in the beginning, with no experience in the field, Emlyn set about climbing this nautical mountain one step at a time. Talk about biting the elephant one or eating the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. And he was able to, I know, right. And so he was able to slowly build this dossier on the Waratah and everything to do with her. And 
his unrelenting course attracted the attention of both famous authors, general sponsors, and even, he says, the odd self-seeking imposter. Wow. Mm. And so the book takes you through each of the expeditions mounted to find the Waratah. And initially it was a low-tech attempt with, um, with what they had at hand, and eventually they were able to employ the best technology they had to offer in trying to uncover this mystery. His brother Kendall, who also a writer and video producer, joined him on a number of these expeditions to chronicle events as they unfolded. And I know, I know his brother also helped him to edit his book. And he's currently working on a new one. But let's invite Ken, let's invite um, Emblen onto the show and we can meet him and he can tell us more about the book and his upcoming book as well. Shall we invite him onto the show? Very exciting. Yes, I love these mystery things and finding things in the past. It's so exciting, isn't it? Absolutely. Let's invite him on. Yes. Emlyn, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Great pleasure. Hey, how, where do y'all live? Because he's in South Africa also, correct? Yes, he is. So how far I mean, are you? Uh, it, I'm in uh, Greenpoint, Cape Town. Okay. How so far we're is that? about... Um, we're about 15 minutes apart from each other. So oh, it's it's fine. It's really close by. That's awesome. So cool. Right. Yes, a native, right? Absolutely. It's fantastic to, to have some I you know, we, we seldom have authors from South Africa. Um, but I don't know. Great. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> I know we need to have some more on, and uh, and it's wonderful though because I think it's so important for us to support local authors. Where you know wherever you're living, you need to support local authors because they're working very hard, and they they you know they're trying to get their work out there, mm. and they love and believe what they're doing, and everybody has to have support to get you know to get on their journey. Correct. Very much so. So, Emlyn, this was a monumentous task that you embarked on. What was it about the Waratah that made you want to delve into this and, and find the secret behind what happened to it? The uh, I had read a book by Jeffrey Jenkins, a South African author called Send of the Sea. And I read that book when I was in the South African Navy and I was deeply inspired and I thought it would make a great film. Um, and, uh, but I, I knew very little about the technical nature of searching for shipwrecks, although I became a diver later on in the years, later on in years. Um, but it was really the discovery of the Titanic and the technicalities 
that went back in 1982, I think it was, when Bob Ballard discovered the Titanic robot cameras. Uh, and also um, prior to that, the salvage of the uh, HMS Edinburgh, when they got the gold off the ship from uh, of, of the HMS Edinburgh in the Bering Sea. So that was all very technical. So it was really a combination of this mystery ship that disappeared after leaving Durban with 211 that um, inspired me to go and search for the ship. I still didn't know how I was going to do it. I just had to learn. I bought books and I went to the library. I used to go to Rondebosch Library and um, look out and the only books that were available were from the united states you know pieces of eight <laughs> all those wonderful mel mel fisher you know um, all the mm -hmm. shipwrecks of um florida yeah my mom uh, my they mom, were great my inspirations mom, my mom knows him so she was going oh, to uh, yeah she was going to work for him for a while when i was a kid we were going to go live on the oh, ship okay yeah oh there we go yeah and you know, and, and hmm I think this is so totally inspirational because, you know, sometimes we look at a task and we think, you know, this is too monumentous. No one else had done it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's too much for me. But you didn't let that hold you back. You know, you'd never done something no. like this before, but you had no. this will or yearning to, to want to do something different. Well, you know... Um it's 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 strange because um i had very supportive parents and and brothers you see so it's very important to have the support and encouragement of people to feed your dream because mm -hmm. it can be a very lonely road and and they were always very inspirational uh in helping me uh, my father never lived and my parents never lived to see the launch of the book so my book is really honoring those people that inspired me to the, the books that i read then i never for one moment thought that i'd end up writing my own book and <laughs> i actually did that's awesome so that you know and that book feeds into the readership and nourishes other people that want to do the same thing Right, absolutely. How old were at you when you... At, at, at a as 18 years old. You were 18 wow. years old? I was in the Navy and I read that story. And so when mm. did you embark on... 18 years old. I spent the first search. Well, well, of course, it was funding, you know. Funding's always such a problem. And, and I approached about 17 people in South Africa and... 18 companies and they weren't really interested um, and then uh, we had a television program called Sundowner many years ago and it was hosted by Dorian Berry and on the show appeared American author Clive Cussler who had written the book Raise the Titanic mm. and he was in South Africa to do a talk at uh, University of Cape Town Music School and uh, when my mom, my late mom said there was this author coming down to Cape Town, I reckoned that 
there would be only two places someone like him would stay, and that would either be the Mount Nelson Hotel or the President Hotel in in Seapoint. So I phoned the uh, Mount Nelson Hotel, and they said, yes, he's arriving at 2 o'clock. And I said, well, <laughs> ask him to phone me, please. And he did. <laughs> and that was a very long-term relationship. That wow. was a very long-term relationship. That's amazing. That's amazing. You need yeah. to write about that. You need to write about that someday. I have. Okay. Well, I have. Well, he he's written many books, and 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 a couple of the books I've appeared in his books. I'm, I'm a character. Oh, um, In one of his books, and uh, Captain Emmeline Brown. Um, <laughs> and then I started the Numa organization, which of course is a non-profit foundation. In his books. I started the Numa Foundation in South Africa. So the Warrator was under the umbrella of the Numa Foundation in South Africa. Wow. And uh, um, But it's been disbanded now. And, uh, and we've all moved on. Um, and I had funding from the UK as, as well. I mean, these are very expensive operations. And I reached the dream of going down in a submarine. But unfortunately, it wasn't the shipwreck. We don't know where she is. She's disappeared for good. And wow. I don't, we, nobody knows where she is. Wow. Amazing. So, Emily, you gathered so much information. Um, over, over a period of, of how, how many years did it span? And, um, and how did you sift through all that bits of information to, um, to, to decide what had to go into the book and what to leave out? I mean, that must have been quite a task on its own. Well, it always is. Um, I had to decide that the book would be 70% me and 30% Warrator. And that's the formula that I kept to. Because you could get very weighed down in historical detail, which doesn't really take you anywhere. You know, it's all 1909 this and 1909 that. And Mrs. Watson said this, Mrs. Watson. But the story is really about me, my search. How did you do this? What happened on that expedition? And I think that draws you right into the book. So I think there was a great balance between the 30-70 mix. Uh, you can't tell the story. I mean, you can't tell the story of the Titanic without knowing what happened. Right. Or about, about, uh, about, about, about its history. You can't. Uh, and, to, so, and I thought that also expeditions down to shipwrecks are very exciting. They're very colorful. There's divers, there's underwater, there's uh, submarines. So, I mean, from a picture point of view, you know, I've been shooting film. Well, that's when we started with film. Uh, and then we ended up with little sticks in different formats. I've been through them all. And, and so uh, I had to, I mean, I've been shooting since 1982, you see. So... I wow. had to put all in my library of film and I had to say, fine, you are allocating X amount of pictures per expedition. And that's what I did. I scanned the best that I had and I was pretty ruthless mm -hmm. in what I wanted to do. And whatever pictures I chose I had to uh, balance the story and had to help carry the story because pictures do say a thousand words as well. Uh, and I think I've got the mix right. That's awesome. Everybody has, you know, said it. And I oversaw the production of the book as well because I'm wow. technically minded that way. And I'm very happy with the way things 
uh, uh, have come out. I wish I had a lot more sales, but I, I think, you know, one of the banes of self-publishing, because I had three publishers turned it down, and I wasn't prepared to let a publisher tell me my story wasn't any good. Mm. You know, they, how many publishers haven't been wrong with stories before? I wasn't. You know, the only problem with self-publishing is that you know you need you need good marketing muscle in order to get the numbers and the book sales. But, right. But you know, I've just decided I have a lifetime in which to do it. So I'm I'm happy with what I've done. That's wonderful. Have you done? Has there been a documentary done on the whole the whole you know your whole journey? Yes. Okay. Uh, a series a series of documentaries. In fact, um, there is a rescreening of um, a documentary i think it comes this on this week on sabc3 uh there is a rescreening oh yes no no there have been lots i mean i've got my own on youtube as well oh wonderful uh, which takes you through the whole lot well we want to let people know about that you can see all of them you can yeah. see all of them yeah oh how exciting it is, it, but ships and the sea have, have always been part of um, in my interests, and, and and I tend to lean more towards that way. There is another uh, subject that I'm I'm toying with that I may put pen to paper on. Okay, can you give us a little hint? Well, I'll tell you about my new book. Uh, my new book is called The Middle Watch. It is based on a great tragedy in the South African Navy when there was a naval exercise off Cape Point. And due to an error that happened on the, um, in the operations room, uh, the ship was turned the wrong way. And unfortunately, the tanker that it was screening collided with the ship and sent it to wow. the bottom within 45 minutes. Oh, wow. It was a great, great tragedy in the South African Navy. So it's a very did... sensitive story. Wow. Sorry? I said, wow, did they get every, it was yeah. a tragedy, so did they get everybody off? No. Or? Okay. No, there were people, there were uh, uh, chief petty officers trapped in the mess where the ship collided and they went down, they were trapped, they went down with the ship. My story mm -hmm. takes you into the horror inside the ship and tells you what went wrong why it all fell to pieces between the principal warfare officer and the officer of the watch two very important people on board a a a, a warship and i was inspired to write this because uh, not only was it a local story and i had access to to all the uh, uh, documents and the court cases which i researched at the university of cape town which i'm still researching um, but uh, there have been a spate of naval accidents, especially in the United States of America. The USS Fitzgerald uh, were disastrous accidents. Submarines, nuclear-powered submarines surfacing under fishing boats in the South Pacific, and all due to incompetence, uh, lack of training. We've had a Norwegian um, warship that ignored all the signs of a tanker approaching it and the tanker collided with it and, and rolled the ship over, you know, That's sinking of a warship out at sea. Wow. No, wow. It is. It, it, it's, wow. it's my introduction covers about eight different 
naval accidents out, out at sea from 2017. They are terribly oh serious. They wouldn't think. Wow. Even you wouldn't think naval accidents. Yeah, today you yes, would think the technology very much is better. So. So you need this needs to go into film. It needs to be this needs to be a movie. It should be. Yes, absolutely. It be. Okay, it we're starting be. a campaign. We're starting a campaign right now. Anybody out there who knows somebody yeah. that knows somebody that would like to pick this project up because this is very informative yeah. and and people love true life stories. I mean, I, I think that draws people. They are. I mean, I know I love to see true life stories. You know, so I know other people do. But I mean, we're, we're well, talking about modern day stuff. This is not old stuff, you know. This no. is from no, this is modern day stuff. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That's right. That's right. But but what what my book does is, you know, my incident happened thirty nine years before these incidences, and what my book demonstrates is the similarities of these accidents are still happening to this very day. Oh, right, and that is lack of training. The office. You know, unqualified people behind a warship, behind the steering wheel, let's call it, of a, of a warship in a busy shipping lane shouldn't happen while mm -hmm. the commander is asleep in his cabin. These yeah. things should never happen on board a warship, especially mm -hmm. on a warship which has all the latest navigation that you can think of, but they do. And they wow. are great tragedies. The USS McCain and the USS uh, uh, Fitz... Uh, uh, Fitzgerald were, were terrible tragedy. Mm. You know, you know you, it's 15 almost, young people that were taken an instance. That's terrible. You can't believe that in this day and age, we still have stuff such as human error. You know, um, well, I don't know if, yes. if, if they if they read human error or just pure negligence. Mm. Um, right. You know. Well, well, right. it's sometimes a combination of, of, of both, but human error most certainly. You know, on a warship, on a naval exercise or maneuvering a warship, if you take your eyes, or any ship for that matter, if you take the eyes off the ball, you can run a ship aground and crash into somebody or somebody can crash into you. It's actually as easy as that. And I've been out to sea on many ships and I've studied uh, um, uh, coastal navigation and, and watched radar screens. If you make a mistake, you're on the rocks. So navigation and, and, and having an officer of the watch that is qualified, you know, to make orders and receive orders is, is more important than we actually give credit for. Oh, it's, it's I mean, these, these are massive machinery, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, if you talk about an, an, a naval ship, you're talking about millions of dollars of equipment here. You know, it's not yes. something that you go and buy at the next next door store. No. You know, you're talking about big money here. And and one would hope that when you put someone in charge of this level of equipment, that um, that there's some level of, of respect for it and also you know, the necessary qualification um, mm. to, to, to take care of it and, and be responsible for people's lives, you know. Um, right. You can't take your, your eye off the ball. I mean, it's like flying a plane, uh, you know. 
or driving, yeah. even driving. I mean, you know, I, I I know we have a law law here in the last year that has come about that you know, if you're it's a hands free law. If you're on your phone, two hundred dollars. You know, if a, if you get caught, so you know they're really trying to make those impressions uh, to get off. Uh, the phone focus completely on what you're doing and how many times do we all drive and it's like you're distracted for a split second and in an instant you can see how boom something could happen and things do happen like that they catch us off guard mm -hmm. um, even when we're paying really good attention you know th that can happen it's it literally just it, it takes you know a split second of distraction yeah. It, it doesn't need to be a big distraction. It's not like you need to watch a movie while you're driving or steering a ship or flying a plane. It can literally just be looking down at your phone or or, or yes. just not having not. It's just means that for a split second you're not focused the way you need to be. Right. Well, right. you know, to give you a little example, uh, in the case of the Norwegian frigate, you know, these these ships cost billions of dollars to make. Yeah, we don't talk in millions now. We're talking wow. billions of dollars to make to build these ships. And um, are we still on air? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I my think things on my screen just as well. I'll carry on. He thought he was um, looking. The the officers on the ship's bridge believed that they were looking at the quayside all lit up. In fact, what they were looking at was a tanker with all the lights on the front deck coming towards oh them. Oh my gosh! Ouch! <clears throat> Holy that is scary. That's, that's the error you can make. Wow. That's the error, and he was warned repeatedly. You. Know. Mm. That's awful. Oh my goodness! Well, the you Titanic, the Titanic was warned too, weren't they? And they didn't listen. And. You know, it, it uh, human error is awful. I mean, just a terrible. I mean, look at the the terror attacks and things that, that have happened and there have been warnings and they haven't heeded the warnings and then looked at the disasters that have happened. So, you know, it, it's it's so sad. And he's completely right. There needs to be better training and not just there, but in so many different avenues, so many different businesses and in uh, professions in the world there needs to be better training oh absolutely absolutely i think emlyn's lost the signal yes. um but so you can find emlyn's uh book on the website uh his website is called the mystery runs deep hmm. um that is his website and that's the name of the book so go and have a look at The Mystery Runs Deep. He's also got a Facebook page um, called The Mystery Runs Deep. So you can connect with Emlyn on his Facebook page, The Mystery Runs Deep, story about the Waratah and his quest to find it. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm so excited about his new book. <laughs> I know, I can't wait because it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Like, I mean, it happens, to, it's happening like just in our recent past. So it's amazing. I mean, I can't wait to read it. and. Um, I um I hope that somebody will uh, pick up this story and take it and run with it and make it into a film because um, this is stuff that you know we need to know about the public needs to know about and to see and uh, support um, things getting better in in that you know 
that area of, of uh, the, the world of ships and, and sailing and just, just all that enterprise. We need, you know, we need, they need support too going, Hey, okay, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not going to stand for this anymore. We don't want this to happen. I mean, the families that are mourning the loss of their family members, I mean, that's terrible. And, um, so I, you know, let, we'll support him and anybody out there listening. And I know we want to say hi to Lillian. She kind of popped in and said hi a little bit ago, and we're glad she, she liked the she did, and we're glad she liked the conversation. And I know I'm going to tell my stepfather to watch because he was in the military and um, is a big fan of ships, and I, I think he'll want he'll be a fan of uh, Imlins. So I'm glad he got to come on today. I'm sorry we lost him, <laughs> but you know it is the nature of things that happen sometimes. But, uh, you know, we want everybody to support him and buy his book and tell somebody to make a film. Absolutely. I think Emma's trying to connect again. So let's see if you appear. So, again, if you um, were watching the show, the, the we were talking about Emma's book, The Mystery Runs Deep, about the Waratah. And he's busy working on his second book called The SAS President Kruger, another naval ship that ran aground off Cape Point in 1982. Um, and I think Emlyn's here to just before we close off. Emlyn has been able to join us again. And there we are. Sorry about um, that. I had no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. Okay. Emlyn, I would say people can connect with you on Facebook. Um, and your book, yes. they can also reach you on, you know, via the website. Um, Correct. Any final words in closing? Well, um, the President Kruger sunk in 3,000 meters of water. So uh, it, wow. it's, it's a bit of a nightmare trying to get down there. It's as deep as the Titanic. Mm. So um, I'm taking on a new way of exploring a shipwreck uh, if I cannot get the funds to do these things. They're very expensive operations. So um, I'm talking to somebody in San Diego. Uh, where are we going to propose to build a model of the actual shipwreck as to what the shipwreck would look like uh, now on the mm -hmm. seabed? Yeah. Very so cool. and then what we do is we build a model and then we use macro photography and, and we image the shipwreck the way it looks and we use special effects and that sort of thing. So I can take you down to the shipwreck and show you what, what it looks, what the warship looks like now, um, you know, uh, instead of raising all millions of, of, of South African rands to go down to, to the ship in real life. So it's another way of compensating, but making it all as realistic as possible because mm -hmm. these images help, to move your book and the narrative along right right and when you get it done you need to let us know so we can we can put it on the show we can air it because uh, i i sure. would love to i'd love to see it i'm sure Bridgetti would too sounds very exciting I, yes yes i think these type of subjects uh, uh, normally are i find very few people find no interest in this sort of thing so I try to make my book as colorful, as interesting as possible, even to, in terms of the Waratah, uh, the, the picture that you see on my Facebook site is actually a model 
of the ship, which was turned over and then filled in with a background of um, high waves and then given it to an artist to make it look realistic. So I tried to breathe a lot of realism into my narrative. You, you don't just get blank pages. You get yeah. images that complement the story and help carry it along. So I draw you into my book. And I hope I've got the balance. <laughs> I think you did perfectly well, and we look forward to your new book. We're out of time. So thank you very much to everyone who's joined us today. Emlyn, thank you for being such a great guest. We look forward to your book. And um, thank you. we want to wish you all a great week ahead. We'll see you back next week, same time, same place. From me, Bridgette, in Cape Town, it's goodbye for now. From Nashville, Tennessee, it's Mary, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Thank you.